0: On today's Friday Fire, we are talking about failure being part of your story. Everyone has some sort of failure in their story, and it's necessary, but it's also your proof of courage. Failure is not your inability to change. It is proof of you being courageous, taking a chance on yourself, and showing up. So let's take a dive in today, and we hope that this encourages you as you head into the weekend. Within the moment, moment, and don't go wait until the morning, morning. you never know
1: when it is over, over, all that I know It's Friday, y'all. Art's going to be so mad at me for having a cup in the video. I'm sorry, Art. Art's <laughs> upstairs napping because he's not feeling well, but... He never, no, ever gets he's is. sick, man.
0: Yeah, so I'll probably be sleeping with Marcus tonight, I imagine. I don't want...
1: Oh, my God, by the way, mm-hmm. I just sipped Absolute Divine is what it was. <laughs> I know that most people are not watching this on video, but I made a chocolate mint LMNT, which if you want elemente, the link is in our show notes, mm-hmm. Get you some.
0: Um, their chocolate medley box I think is limited time yeah just like the grapefruit and if you guys use the link in the show notes you get a free sample pack so you might be like well i don't really know what flavor that i want but you could pick a box that you know sounds like i would say watermelon Mm. so good i like grapefruit a lot yep and i like citrus
1: yeah not everyone likes citrus i i think watermelon and grapefruit are probably everyone's favorites but i have gotten so addicted to the chocolate mint and Mm -hmm. the chocolate caramel with a little bit of this is coconut whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And then I put a little bit of that nut pods in here. Mm-hmm. It's just so much goodness going on right now yeah. in my mouth.
0: I love doing that like by the fire or after we come in for a walk. I decide to make a little made coffee. coffee. Maybe like a half-see, okay? Because it's two o'clock. <laughs> I'm breaking my rule, but you know, it's fine. I've been up since 4 30 this morning. Oh, good. I was very productive. I was like, sweet,
1: I'm gonna have because I've my been child. Waking up naturally at 4 50. Mm. Which like kind of is annoying because my alarm's at five ten or five fifteen. But I'm like, I mean, I'm awake. What's another
0: fifteen minutes of sleep? Well, if you go back to sleep, that's Is the problem. That... I wake up feeling more tired, yep. so I'm like, I'm just going to get up. And then what <sighs> I do this morning, I studied, I read. So with seventy-five hard, I just I really like to get three of my tasks done yes. first thing in the morning. So I really like reading right away because I'm also working on not being on my phone. But I did write a post this morning for my. Instagram, my poop queen. I was telling Becca earlier, you guys will love this. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you've obviously seen my adorable son, Marcus. Um (laughs) we were sitting on the couch the other night and he goes, You're the poop queen. He like laughs about it because I have a a poop puppet that my girlfriend got me for Christmas, and so he loves to like play with that. I'm like, but that's for mommy's Instagram account. So now he calls me the poop queen. And then he thinks that me eating refried beans is me eating poop.
1: Nick. I have to, like, tell Nick that when I'm filming something, I'm because when he works from home, he's upstairs in, like, his office in our loft. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to film something. So I'm not talking to you. Please do not say anything. And he goes, so you don't want me to come downstairs and watch you? And I'm like, no. It makes me extremely uncomfortable, first of all, to film in general. Second of all, I don't need you here staring at me while I'm trying to, like, remember things that I need to say. In a vote. In a and then he gets Carson if, like, I'm doing an Instagram story when, like, the family's around. Carson now goes, Mom, who are you talking to? <laughs> because Nick is always like, It's the internet. Your mom's talking to the internet.
0: Remember like, when Carson would be like, Mommy has to help the ladies? Though. Yes. So, and yeah. he's still, that's how I explain
1: what I do. I'm like, Carson, Mama's got to go help ladies. I got to yeah. help them be healthy and happy and. It's hard, you know. I, you know, what I've been really struggling with. I'm in a phase of trying to explain things that are real and not real to Carson. Mm -hmm. So, like, he doesn't understand that we cannot go see the Grinch and give him something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know that it seems real in the movie that Mount Crumpet exists because that's the mountain Mm -hmm. that he lives on. I know the name of it because I had to Google it the other day Mm -hmm. to explain to him where the Grinch was. But it's really hard for him to comprehend. That like we can't go there. Yeah. So it's been. That's what I've been struggling a lot with lately. Like he want. We're going to Disney World in a couple weeks, and Carson's like, "Well, I want to go to Netflix World,"
0: and I'm like, "Okay." I saw your post about that. It's not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this is what I love about kids: is their imagination. I often think about, you know, just us as adults, and. When did we lose our ability? Like, for example, visualization. Oh gosh, yeah. even like vision boards. It's hard for me to really wrap my head around like that could be mm-hmm. reality. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. And I think it's because suppress, suppress, suppress. Oh well, yeah. Do this.
1: Stay in line. Mm-hmm. Don't ask any questions. I mean, that's what you're taught in school. Sadly, we need. I think there's a lot of benefit to school. Obviously, I love teachers. Um, they do God's work, and they're not paid nearly as much as they need to be. But so true. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's that's how it has to be, or else it is chaos, right? Like and so like how do you foster that environment for a child, but then also get them to understand that like the world has rules and you need to live by those rules?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: or there's consequences. I think that's getting lost on a lot of people these days. Well, those millennials:
0: Well, things weren't things aren't the way they were in the 1990s.: Oh, the good old 1990s. <laughs> I'm sure that people listening to this podcast are <laughs> laughing,
1: like, <laughs> we were born in the 60s or the 70s. I know. I mean, that was my, that was our years, though, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, uh, and how different things have become since then. It's really kind of crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking about one of my favorite childhood memories was when we were jumping on the bed to Spice Girls, just like free in the moment, and then all of a sudden, my friend's dad came home, and he was not a nice dad. Like, you know how you had friends' yeah, dads who yeah, course. Yeah, we we definitely got scolded and reprimanded, and we ran away back um, to my house.
1: <laughs> I think that my favorite videos these days are like teenage girls in 2022 versus teenage girls in 20, 2003 or whatever. And it's like the girls now dancing, and they're like basically backup hip hop dancers. And then me- imagining myself back when I was <laughs> dancing, and like, <laughs> yep. And like the videos just speak to me. It's just mm-hmm. I'm like that is yeah. If I were to go back and look at my like talent show videos, when I was, I did the Spice Girls with my mm-hmm. friends in fifth grade and we did a dance to Spice Girls music In I was Sporty Spice and I had those wind breaking pants. Oh yeah. Remember those? Uh-huh. The lo- the ones that made a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they were like knockoff Adidas ones. Yeah. So they only had two stripes down the side instead of three. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, remember when... Ad- so I had the shoes that were the knockoff Adidas. Uh, but remember when the Adidas shoes were... There's a certain name for them. But they were like the in thing. And you were only cool if you had those Adidas shoes. The white ones with the stripes on the side. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know the name, name of them.
1: In- yeah, this I don't- is where we need art to Google shit. Um, you guys, I hope we're bringing you back. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think about... I mean, there's just so many good memories. Superstar. The Samba. Sambas? Sambas, yeah. Yeah. Sambas. Those were like the indoor soccer shoes that were cool too. Everyone yeah. had Sambas. Um, I was always a Nike person though. I was, cause I, like, we got, mo- in college, we had money mm. to buy shoes. Like, they gave us money to go and, like, buy a yeah. pair of shoes for soccer. And I would always be, I know, or you could order them through them. And that was always like, just give me the money. I'm going to go get Nikes. I don't wear Adidas. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, um, they don't fit my feet very well.
0: Yeah. I'm, for like, workouts and stuff like that, I know, actually, we had to do a podcast on that because I, I did collect all of these categories that people want us to um, do. So we'll, we'll Maybe do that. That could Maybe be our short one. Yeah, we could do that today. Um, so here you just get to hear us like have a conversation with each other because our brains go a million miles a minute and we'll be talking about something related to family and then all of a sudden we will be back to like liver and hormones and then all of a sudden parasites. <laughs> so we're just like all over the place. But um, that's just how our brains work and we still we get, get things done and we're productive. Yep. But, um, you know, I would say we were talking about this in our walk. If you're somebody today who hasn't thought about some of those fun childhood memories, go back and uh, Goodness. jog your memory on it yeah. because there's some, I'm sure, some good smiles, some good laughs, especially if you feel like you've lost a loved one or you've lost touch with, you know, friends or something along those lines. It can definitely just bring you uh, some like, joy. Yeah, that joy. I'll have to find, you know what, guys? You know what my new
1: job is? I'm going to go find you the video of me doing the Britney Spears dance in sixth grade.
0: That'll be fantastic. Ba- Becca
1: in sixth grade with the tummy top, white button down shirt, plaid skirt, and knee high white socks with those chunky heels. Do you remember those chunky Uh black leather like schoolgirl shoes that were in Uh that are now back in? Please don't let those come back in, guys. Those are so ugly. I'm sorry. If anyone owns those, they are not cute. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Uh Just offending a lot of people today.
0: I'm just thinking about, uh, and actually here's a video, <laughs> City Stars Show Choir back in Springfield, Illinois, and the things that uh, we did. We had so many different things. So I have to tell the story. Maybe I've already told it on a podcast, but it's hysterical. <laughs> when we were performing in Disney World and my friend's like vinyl dress came apart and her boob was hanging out. <laughs> dancing around having to like hold it up. Can you imagine like how horrified like, dreams? Uh, and then I told you already, I think uh, about the girl that h- would just like randomly fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. and so we were singing this ballad one time in the middle of practice and somebody just literally like backhands her and wakes her up and she just starts singing her opera. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, Yeah. But if you guys want to see some city stars, show choir, you could just go on YouTube and I'm sure you'll find some things of Liz Roman back in the days. Oh my goodness. You All guys, right. happy Friday. <laughs> those we were are some back.
1: failures in our day. You know, you learn from those and you laugh at them later on in life. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome to our world. Um, I am Becca Cholzenkowski. I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I have Liz Roman, my better half, my best friend, my business partner, my confidant. Yeah, She's a nutrition therapy practitioner. Yes. Um, yeah. Liz knows more about my life than my husband or anyone in my family. So you need people like that though in your life. Like yeah. you need one of those people.
0: But here's the problem. And Art's going to hear this because he edits the podcast. Like <laughs> our lives are so intertwined in some ways. Like I have to wait to see Becca on a Tuesday to like tell her something because I'm afraid that if I tell her something on the internet or... Art's going <laughs> to Email. So I'm not my like, I, I do the same thing because I, I sounds, like, like sometimes bad. text
1: people Like I text Liz and then like Nick might see my computer and my texts Mm. are on my computer. And it's not, again, like I'm not doing anything horrible, but like sometimes I talk about him. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Like the other day when we were walking and I don't think the art understood. I was trying to listen to my podcast or the educational training and he just kept talking to me. I was like, you don't want to talk to me any other time except for when we're walking outside and I have literally two layers over my ears and my AirPods in because I'm listening to a hair and mineral analysis training. Like
1: what? Stop talking to me. Nick was trying to talk to me the other night when Carson was trying to scream something at me. And, like, Nick kept talking, and I was like, can you not read the room right now? Like, you think our toddler is going to stop talking so that you can talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a perfect way of putting it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But, you know, okay, we got to get going, guys. Friday Fire. This is one of our forms of podcasts. If you need some tough love on a Friday, you know the place. The Food Code Podcast will give it to you because that's what we do on Fridays. We talk all things mindset and gut punches. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Today's not really that fiery. Uh, But today, I think maybe it is. Uh, We'll we'll see where we go with this because, you know, we make our notes, we think of, you know, topics and we share things that we're reading in books. And that's how we come up with a lot of these things, unless you guys ask questions, which you can do. So, bitmomlife.com backslash ask, submit your questions, your case studies, anything that you want. We will cover it on this podcast for you. Today, we're talking about failure. And I think that so many people paralyze themselves into inaction because they are so concerned about all of these. What ifs, the fears, what will other people think of me? What if this happens? What if that, and they mean they can dream up these scenarios that are like way far out there just because they want to stay comfortable. And I mean, the brain is trying to get you to stay comfortable, right? In your comfort zone. But here's what we know. Failure is proof of courage. You had the courage to take action. You had the courage to take a chance. And we live in a society where failure is not just part of the story. Sometimes it is the entire story. And we could think of many greats that have turned their failure into their pinnacle moment. I feel like almost everyone that I know that's successful. And they talk a lot about their failures. We talk a lot about our
1: failures. Yeah. Like I I feel like somewhat of a failure right now with what's going on with my body, but I know that like healing when you really attack it is a journey. It's like a, messy a never journey. messy, messy journey. Because you just start to uncover stuff. Like it's not like these things, I caused them with my body. These things were going on with my body. There was just a level of, like, my body was able to tolerate the stress until it couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it, like, my, all of my symptoms came on within the matter of two to three months. Like, yeah. fast. i did had full body hives at one point. And then I have had two irregular periods in a row where I've had a period that's, like, 20, like three, 24-7, 365 normal. And now I'm dealing with chronic nausea. Like, None of this stuff have I ever dealt with before. And so I'm getting more testing. I'm going to find more answers because I refuse to accept this as life. And I'm also not going to blindly continue to try and supplement things. Like I will get answers. I will find the answers and I will apply things that I know will work.
0: Well, and I think it's important for you to share. I mean, you're getting your second GI map, Mm -hmm. right? Because you attacked some things on the first GI map. Things got better, then they got worse. Now you're getting a Dutch test too to figure out, you know, what, what have you unlocked? essentially, that your body felt safe enough to finally start to resolve some of these things or release some of these things. Or I created too much stress on my body and it finally hit a breaking point, Mm -hmm.
1: ultimately. Like, I'm sure working on some of this stuff also caused a further stress to the body because it does. Mm -hmm. And you just don't know sometimes how full your cup is of stress. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more on Monday in terms of stressors and traumas. Um, But I know how I'm trying to look at this is like, I'm not a failure, I am going through something that will help me help someone else in the future and will help me learn more and help me learn the nuances of things and different pearls of information. And I am, that is what I'm taking this as, is a learning opportunity. Because I think, and I heard someone talk about this the other day on, the pod, on a podcast, and it was so beautifully put, but people that are the best helpers are people that have been through it themselves. Absolutely. And you see this, you look at Liz, she is attracting people that deal with constipation. Mm-hmm. I work to attract people that deal with stress, previous histories of overtraining, undereating, you know, the stressors that like you attract your environment and your world because you can help them the most.
0: Cuz you've been there, you know. I don't want to work with somebody who hasn't been on the journey themselves and come out the other side. You know, if you guys have listened to us for a long time, you both know that Liz and Becca at one point in times in our lives were very overweight, drank way too much alcohol, ate way too much pizza and chocolate chip cookies for me. I mean, I was a stress eater for chocolate chip cookies. I was a binge eater, you know? And so <laughs> through our journeys, I mean, I found out, uh, you know, shortly after college, when I moved up here and regained all of my weight that I lost with Weight Watchers and was dealing with a lot of symptoms that I had Hashimoto's, you know, fast forward to knowing what I know now today and the journey that I've been on. I've lost the weight. I've kept it off. I've had a baby. I got back to my pre-pregnancy weight, which is still 50 pounds down from, you know, where I was. And I've worked diligently and of course not perfectly. I'm definitely far from perfect, still have nights or did have nights, um, in the past where I've drank too much, you know, like you have a couple, too many glasses of wine. Like, I'm sorry. The grateful white from Cooper's August is so good. But anyways, now I'm doing 75 hard again. So, um, I'm not perfect by any means, but I've gone through, you know, the journey and I know what it's like to be told that you just need to eat less, work out more, right? It's just, a calories in calories out issue yet. It's not, I've had the constipation for eight years. I struggled with it severely. You know, I was bloated. I was gassy. I was tired. I had skin issues. I had acne. I had all these like weird white spots and dark spots that would show up on my back and my hands. Very strange things. Um, and I was just miserable. And I refused to accept that as an answer. And I see so many people and I hear so many stories, not even people that I get on you know, with Zoom with about consultations with us, just but comments that I see or people that are messaging me and I love their vulnerability, it's really sad mm-hmm. to see how they've been failed. And I was failed by conventional medicine. That's why I do what I do now and why I'm so passionate about people pooping every day. And it's not a sexy topic, but it's a really big deal. Um, and you know, your gut is tied to everything in the body. When we think about depression and anxiety, we think about, you know, your memory and brain fog, you know, just your mood, your mood in general, Mm -hmm. your periods, right? Your skin, all of these things, it all starts in the gut. And yes, inflammation and stress are kind of the big umbrellas for all of these things, but you got to start to identify what is actually going on. And, And I just hope that someday conventional medicine, Will recognize that the testing that they use is just not enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's true. I mean, like, I posted today around what testing we do, and I should have extended it even more than what I did to compare. Like, colonoscopies do not serve a purpose for chronic constipation. Right. They just don't. Um, they're great for detecting ulcers, stomach cancer, oh. you know, polyps, colitis, like diagnosing things like colitis or Crohn's. But then, how do you go about managing it? You know, they can put you on a medication, but I've worked with and talked to many people that have Crohn's that have many, many issues still after going on medication for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there's just with hormone testing, like serum testing is not the best testing for hormones. Hormones are tissue-based byproducts. And so you need to test tissue-based testing, saliva or urine. Um, You get to see pathways that the hormones go down then. Like there's just, it's it's just not the most ideal way. And a lot of doctors will say, I don't trust this test and it's because they don't know about the test. They don't, they haven't like these testings aren't taught in their medical schooling. So of course they're going to say they don't trust it. They have to say that. Like it's not, it doesn't mean that they don't work. There's plenty yeah. of research. And I think that the Dutch test is going to become more and more mainstream. Um, It's, it's got a lot of really amazing things, but either way, we're getting totally off topic. Um, <laughs> Our failures have taught us And have basically moved us to want to help others. Mm -hmm. And when you look at failure as the biggest teacher in your life, it completely changes changes your perspective on things. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Like, you guys, failing at things sucks. It does. Like, it, it, it feels frustrating and lonely and you, like, question your worth. Like, there's a lot of things that failing brings that are negative emotions to people. But you have to choose how you see it. And you have to choose how you look at what you see as a negative thing right now. Mm -hmm. Because I bet if you looked
0: hard enough, you would find a lot of learning lessons in your failures. Yeah. If you're open to analyzing the situation and understanding where things may have went wrong and looking back and learning from it to see what could I do better, you know, next time. Um, And I think you could apply this lesson to anything in your life heck, you could apply it in the kitchen. If you made a a recipe and it was a total failure, well, shit. What did I do? Did I not, you know, read the instructions well enough? Did my, you know, is my oven like mine, like ancient, cook way too fast? And I, you know, didn't take that into account. So silly, you know, kind of example there. But there's so many things to learn if we're open to doing it. But you know, what frustrates me is that a lot of people won't even give themselves the chance to fail because they just. Don't take the risk. Um, And so what we're going to talk about today is just that failure is really part of the process. If you want to succeed, it's, it's part of the process and it serves a big purpose. Um, You know, and I think this is really important because I remember way back when, um, you know, I was studying nutrition in the beginning of 2013 and I saw all these people, we would go to the ClickFunnels conferences and I would see all these people like overnight success and (sighs) they made a funnel, you're only one funnel away and all this stuff, right? And it's like gives you some hope and that's awesome for people, but it never really happened like Mm -mm. that. You know, what I resonate much more with is that, you know, for example, Andy Frisella and Emily always talk about their failures and the struggle that they had in building their business. Like what you guys see, if you don't know Andy Frisella and Emily Frisella, he owns First Form as well as many other companies. If you follow them, you know, they're very, very wealthy. They are just amazing people. Uh, both of them just as individuals, but they have massive companies. Okay. And they have massive teams, very successful. Andy will tell you, I believe it was the first 10 or 11 years in that total time, what did he make, like $60,000 $60, total in 10 years, yeah. but he just kept working and showing up, right? So I appreciate that he talks about the lessons that he learned along the way because there's always going to be setbacks, right? There's roadblocks. It's not an overnight success for most people. There's not overnight transformations either. Like what you see on the interwebs with before and after beach body 21-day fix, get out of here. That person did 21 day fix, maybe 10 times. Maybe they took a bunch of fat burners and other things besides Shakeology. Like, come on, you know? And so
1: now, whenever I think about any type of protocol, I'm going to start, I think about a year from now. I don't think about like a month from now, two months from now. I think like I've just drastically changed my training and I'm thinking, I wonder what my body's going to look like in about a year. And, And that's like, because I know how long it takes to see change and how many ups and downs you probably go through to get there. Nothing works overnight. Nothing, not even within a Like you might start to feel better in the course of a few weeks, a month, but there are usually when you get to a place where you are like symptomatic, you don't feel good. You don't have energy. All of these things are signs that dysfunction has gotten pretty far. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a lot of time to undo all of those things Think about like a pair of headphones that gets super tangled up. You can't just give it one yank and it comes undone. Like you have to slowly take apart all of those little tangles and all of those things until you finally get to a place where it's functioning and strained again. That does not happen quickly. And the more you force it, you know, the more that freaking knots that thing gets. Everyone knows that life. We have AirPods now, so maybe not younger people. But like when you had that pair of headphones that you threw in in the bag and you took it out and you were like, shit. It's like 19, how did this happen? Or like your necklaces, that's the worst. I, don't, I can never get them done, done. But what I'm getting at here is that we need, to, we need to be patient with the process and you need to be okay with things not going exactly how you think they're going to go in your head. Because every time you have one of those setbacks, every time you have one of those failures, it is setting you up for a better comeback. It is, it is propelling you forward. There's plenty of corny sayings like, you know, slingshots have to go back before they go forward, you know, like all of these things. I think of every, every person that I, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word, look up to, they have all been through shit. Yep. And I find actually that the people that are even more successful have been through more stuff. Like they've had crazy histories and pasts because they've learned really big lessons from all of those. Like, I think of Michael Jordan, who just was resilient and just gritty. And David Goggins, I love David Goggins' book. If you think you've had a tough childhood or life, listen to his story. Good God. Like, and yes, he's a little extreme for some people, but look at what he's done for his life and how many lives he's changed.
0: Yeah, I was reading something the other day, and I think that uh, it can apply to a lot of people just mentally who are struggling, you know, physically. Um, it's hard. And I know some practitioners will say, you don't want to say that because it might scare somebody, but I really believe in being raw and honest with people and not setting people up for unrealistic expectations. You know, you listen to David Goggins, you listen to Michael Jordan, you listen to any of the greats. They talk about the hours and the months that they worked so hard behind the scenes, right? Right. How many times did David or Michael Jordan show up to the basketball court early or stay late? How many times was David Goggins out there running by himself? You know, when everybody else is back at home, hanging out with their friends and barbecuing, right? He, they kept training and that's how they get better. And so from a healing perspective, I have heard that, you know, for every year that you've really struggled, you need to expect about a month. And that is hard for some individuals. And I don't think there's a perfect calculation to this. I think that for some individuals, it might take that long. I think for other individuals, it can be faster, right? Um, You know, really, if you're going into a healing journey, I think you need to expect nine to 12 months. Yeah. And
1: that's fair. And you have to, those are months of adherence. That's not like you're dicking around. Like that's, you're following the protocols You're putting things in place. You are changing your lifestyle. You're changing your nutrition. Like you're doing the things you need to do.
0: Can you please classify what dicking around is? (laughs) (laughs) It's not
1: not ethically. Um, (laughs) You know what it means. Like you're not messing around. You're not not adherent. Right. You have to follow the protocols. You have to do the things that are uncomfortable and make the changes. You have to work on the mind. You have to work on your spirit. You have to do all like you have to de stress. You have to like you guys I, and more and more. And it's just it cannot be avoided. You have to work internally on your mental and emotional state of being. Like it it is not just physical because all of that contributes to the physiological.
0: And that's going to help you heal faster and and feel better with
1: all of this, like Mm -hmm. you being okay with things, not going how you need them to go or want them to go immediately and having faith that they'll can like the people that always win are the people that will not lose. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that never fricking give up on themselves. Like they don't care that they run into walls. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. But at the end of the day, they keep moving forward because they don't accept that that life is destined for them. Like they're looking for something better. They are looking for, I know that's what, like for me, I know there's an answer for anything that I want to accomplish. There is a way, business wise, personal wise, family, like financially, whatever I want, there is a way to get it.
0: Yeah. Everything's figure outable. It's just comes down to are you willing to work for it? You know, I'm thinking of three of my most successful clients right now. And it was their willingness to change. They were communicative and they followed through. They let me know when things weren't going well and we have to pivot and we have to adjust. Yep. right? But when somebody comes in and they expect the supplements to do all the heavy lifting for them or they're just kind of half in, half out, it's not going to be effective. And this goes mainly because of the, the mental belief in what you are doing is going to work. Think think, um, again, we're, we've referenced Vince on a few podcasts uh, lately, but he was talking about the placebo effect, mm. right? And this is so true. We see it in studies all the time and research, right? That's why they have uh, groups that are just taking sugar pills compared to other actual, you know, medications. Um, but I think he was saying like 20% of people on a health and fitness journey can succeed if they just believed that they yes. could su- succeed. And that's, you know? he, like- you guys, we could have the best
1: protocol in the world oh, yeah. that works for anyone, but if you don't believe it's going to work, it's not going to work for you and vice versa. I could have something that like really isn't that great, but you have this just deep rooted belief in yourself and if thing of things working out and I bet they would cause some positive change. Like it is, you have to have that belief in yourself yeah. and understand that failing is just part of it. Mm-hmm. Like. You cannot avoid failures. You cannot avoid hard things pushing you down sometimes. And that is something like ugh, I'm struggling teaching that to a toddler right now. He's really bad at losing. And I'm like, Carson, you, you lose sometimes. And when you do, you just have to try harder next time. We race up the stairs every night. And some nights I beat him because I think that he needs to know what losing feels like. Yeah. And you can call me insensitive, but that is what I do because I think that helps teach him. And he cries, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, listen, you don't always win. Nope. And you still have to try hard.
0: And next time you have to try harder. So I don't beat you. Yeah. And I think too, it's just comes down to like, you know, some of the things that we're working on with Marcus is like, you don't always get your way. I'm sorry that this is what you really wanted, but you don't get it right now. Or your actions, you know, there's consequences Mm -hmm. for your actions. And so what does that mean tonight? You don't get ice cream tomorrow. You don't get whatever it was that you wanted or you're not getting the, the phone or things like that. Anyways, yep. we have four things that we needed to dive yes. into. So now that we understand that failure is part of all processes uh, to success, whether it's building a business, changing careers, getting rid of addictions, uh, or just overcoming some bad habits that you've got, let's discuss a couple things for you guys to consider because you're going to mess up. Okay. You will mess up. Um, but there's four things that I think are really important because we've seen it too many times over the years. So what is this twenty twenty three? People are like, How many years have you been working with ladies? I'm like, Well Um, probably close to Nine. Ten. Yeah, nine, nine to ten. Yeah, because I don't even know what year it is. It feels like um uh, decades, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, over the years we've seen so many women feel guilt and shame for their weekend choices that they have to, you know, under eat or fast, go to the gym, try to work it off, right? And, and we want to get you guys out of that mindset. Hopefully you've listened to us long enough to not be in that place. But number one, failure is proof of your inability, excuse me, failure is not proof of your inability to change. It is your proof of courage because you showed up. You showed mm-hmm. up to start trying to take action. Right? You took a leap of faith, even though you're scared to death that you might fail and fall flat on your face, and maybe everybody's watching you do it. But it's not proof of your inability to change. It is proof that you are courageous. Second, your mistake does not equal losing something, and it doesn't mean that you go back to the place at which you started. So it's not a zero sum game, it's a sum of its parts, and failure is one of the parts that you have to go through. So you might take several steps forward. And then you find yourself slipping back, right? You got too confident or comfortable in your habits or your routine or your, you know, just abilities, uh, and then you start realizing, like, oh, I'm taking those bite slicks and taste again, or oh, I didn't just have one glass of wine with this my dinner. Is something that we explain a lot
1: to clients is like, people have a moment where they slipped up or they did something they've been trying to shift, and they all of a sudden go back to this. I, I failed, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, compare yourself to a year ago. Mm-hmm. Where were you a year ago, five years ago? And the holidays are always a great example of this. Like, oh, I had you know a couple glasses of wine. I had a couple cookies. Last year, you ate the whole plate of cookies. I would say that's a pretty huge improvement. So like giving yourself some credit here and knowing that even though it feels like it was a setback, it is a huge improvement. And this was my experience with binging and binge eating and alcohol. It would still happen occasionally. But what I started to notice is that it was happening less and less frequently over time and the times that it was happening were less and less extreme and that's a perfect way to put progression of habits of you know bad ha- whatever it is is it happening less often and is it less intense when it happens mm-hmm. that is pro- that is progress
0: that is how progress happens it doesn't really happen many other ways yeah well and i think too we talked about this recently if you've you know listen to Monday's podcast around breaking the cycle of addiction, what you have to look back at here in the situation when you slip up is You have the tools in the toolbox to keep going just because you had one slip up or a bad night or a bad day or whatever, you can get back on track. You've got the tools to do so. And what you have to look at is, Hey, you know what? I made it three days without sugar. When in the last month I've had sugar every single day, right? Or maybe you made it a weekend without drinking, or you made it 10 days without soda, whatever it is it could be online shopping, it could be gambling, it could just be all kinds of things here like overtraining, um not sleeping and still going to the gym and stuff like that. But looking at your track record and starting to put some darts on the board and then connect the dots. Okay? And third is that failure isn't the moment to get out a whip and tell yourself what a piece of crap you are and beat yourself up if you fall flat on your face. We want you to use this productively. Use this to learn from it, right? And this is the moment where you start to give yourself some severe compassion for the person who is trying, and that is you. If you're trying, if you're not trying, go back and listen to a lot of Friday uh. Fighters because you need to get some shit lit under your butt so that you start trying. Uh. Um, you know, but no, like in ser- seriously, we we put so much on our plate sometimes. If you know you're a mom, you feel like you want to do it all. You know, I was having a conversation with one of our clients about this yesterday. I said, listen, before I say any of what I'm going to say, part of this is me preaching to myself too, because I looked at my task list Monday and I was like, why did I put all of these things on my task list? Because these are, it's unrealistic. And then I walk out of my office and I see I got to do the dishes. My husband doesn't want the soup that I made. So now (laughs) i got to make dinner you know, it's just like you put in the laundry, like shit, there's still a, a load of laundry. That you can Why do I put all this pressure on me that it has to be done today right now on a Monday after it's been a crazy day of work, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. we just can't be superwoman, but we're trying and every day we're showing up. And so just remember that you have to have severe compassion for yourself in specific moments. Mm-hmm. Other times you have to have the difficult conversation and be like, Liz, get your ass out of bed, girl. And the last one here is that the
1: only way to get success is by navigating that shitty ocean of failure like and mediocrity. And if you want to get somewhere that you are not right now, the only way to do it is to get through. And the only way to get through is knowing you are going to fail because you are either going to fail along the way and you will learn from it or you will fail because you never started or tried. And that failure is a lot more painful. I promise you. Yep. You do not want the regret of never even putting a foot forward. Yep, it, is, it may feel comfortable where you are. It may feel safe. It may feel like that's where you're destined to be because maybe your past failures and whatever did not get you to where you want. But I challenge you that they just weren't the right fit. They weren't the answer for you and you have to keep looking for the answer. And the answer might come in a lot of different ways and it may not all come at once. It may be pieced together after failure, after failure, after failure. And that's like the best teachers are those that have experience. Mm -hmm. I would much, much rather work with someone that has failed a ton and learned from it than someone that hasn't really tried a whole lot and thinks that they have the answer.
0: Well, and the reason being is because those people who have failed know exactly what not to do, yes, they don 't want you to make the same mistakes, you know, and I think when it comes to you making a commitment to yourself to go after something, you have to get into this mindset that you never question the decision. you know, like I made this decision, I made this commitment i 'm going to be relentless with it, and i'm not going to think about where i'm going to be a month from now or a week from now, I'm going to think about today, one day at a time, one moment at a time, mastering win the day, win today. Then you start gaining this traction and this momentum. And before you know it, whoa, a week went by. I did it. I did it for a week. I did it for a month, right? I did it for a year, whatever that looks like. For some people, it's going to be really small and they can't even fathom, like Becca was talking about like that 12 month view they can't fathom maybe ripping the band date off and doing something like really, really intense. So, whatever it is for you, start small. Start with what you feel good with. I'm a person that I like to go all in. I like to just rip the band aid off. She absolutely is. I don't, don't want to that. fuck around. I don't want to waste time. You know, I, I just I want to go here to there. I want to transport myself 10 years from now. So I have way more knowledge than I do today. I just I want it all. And we want all of it for you guys. And so, you know, you have to decide for yourself. We can't tell you who you are, the type of person that you are. One day at a time could be your thing, or ripping the band aid off could be your thing. But you don't get to the other side without mastering and conquering today. So, as Becca's saying before, man, it's so important to remember that you're going to fail, whether you fail along the way or you fail because you don't start.
1: Yeah,